first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Avalon from Iowa, and today we'll be talking about A Journal for Jordan, Sin 2, The Tiger Rising, Secrets of Sulphur Springs Season 2, and Dragons the Nine Realms. First, we'll be reviewing A Journal for Jordan with Catherine and Ashlyn. So how are you guys today? Good, how are you? Great. Good. So Catherine, this film is based on a true story. How do you feel others could relate to what happens in this film? Well, I feel people, especially of the military or military family community, and just people with a strong sense of family in general, could definitely relate to this. It is based in almost current times, early 2000s for the most part. So I think that we could all relate to the times, I guess. Sounds like a relatable film. It is. So Ashton, what aspects such as lights, sets, or costumes of this film do you think the movie did well? I think that the apartment was really well done. Um, the first scene that we see is, um, well, the second scene that we see is of this beautiful like New York City apartment, like high rise apartment. And a lot of the movie takes place in there. And I think it's just, like the best setting ever. And also they do a lot with the military base um, that the main character um, usually is deployed to. Um, that was very well done as well. Um, you know, my dad watched it with me and he said it was very accurate, so. Well, I guess that they must've put a lot of work into those sets. Yeah, definitely. So Catherine, do you have any specific moments in this film that you believe or feel that we're very emotional or inspiring? Oh, so many parts. This is, it's, it's a tearjerker, honestly. There were so many parts that I laughed and cried at, and it was so emotional and happy and sad. There were so many emotions going on in that movie. <laughs> and I think I'll need to watch that movie. It sounds super cool. It is. So Ashlyn, do you feel there was an emotional connection between the viewers in the show? And if so, how? Yeah, um, I had the pleasure of watching it with like really a full um, theater. So you could always like all the scenes that were funny made everyone laugh and we all laughed together. It was a very like inclusive experience, if that makes sense. It, it wouldn't be the same if I had just watched it on my TV at home. Um, so like Catherine was saying, it's a tearjerker at times. So when everyone was trying to hold their tears from like choking up, um, we just all like were bawling next to each other. It, it actually really created a great experience um, with the people around me that I didn't even know. Sounds like a great environment to watch it in. Yeah. Catherine, what do you believe is the message of this film? 
Well, I would say that the message is, I guess, to protect those who need protecting and embrace who you are, even if you're mocked. The power of love between a family is also a very strong one. And also put others before yourself. A lot of positive messages. Sounds like it. So, Ashlyn, how many stars would you give this and what age do you recommend it for? I gave this movie three out of five stars and I recommend it to ages 16 to 18, especially adults. So, Catherine, how many stars would you give this and what age do you recommend it for? So, I give it four out of five stars uh, and I recommend it for ages 13 to 18. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about A Journal for Jordan, Sing 2, the Tiger Rising, Secrets of Sulphur Springs, Season 2, and Dragons, The Nine Realms. Right now, we're switching over to listening to Benjamin's review on Sing 2. Hello, this is Benjamin Price reporting for Kids First, and today I'll be reviewing Sing 2. Sing 2 dazzles with its animation, but feels like too much of a retread of its predecessor. This time, the intrepid show marsupial Buster Moon, played by Matthew McConaughey and friends, have their set, sights set on securing a home for their new show at the Hotel of Mogul Jimmy Crystal, played by Bobby Cannavale, located in Red Shore City, the idyllic destination for entertainers like Moon. They secure the deal, but only by pulling out a new show idea to impress Crystal mid-audition, courtesy of the ambitious but impractical mind of the comical pig Gunter, played by Nick Kroll. They ensure that their show will feature rock star Kate Calloway, who hasn't been seen or heard from since the death of his wife. In three weeks, the cast of Moon's show face overcoming a paralyzing fear of heights, a dance instructor named Klaus Klickenblocker, and drawing Kate Calloway out of hiding and back to the stage for their grand finale. As this movie unfolds, it becomes clear that in essence, this is the same movie released nearly five years ago, just populated with the top 40 tunes that have hit the charts since then. Same premise, same set of characters. An enterprising little koala has big dreams, even though everything and everyone tells him he can't do something, he goes for it to make his dream a reality with the help of his vocally talented animal pals. To some extent, I understand the value of not fixing what's not broken, and the characters within Moon's orbit do face different challenges this time, but Sing's 2's story still feels dictated by formula. The animation has stepped up enormously from the already and technically impressive first film. Moon's show is set in space, and so we get to see these characters travel from planet to planet, and their renditions of songs are in front of these entrancing cosmic backgrounds that swallow up the entire stage. And yet, the majority of songs chosen in their implementation never hit as much as they should, with one notable exception, thanks to Bono's inclusion of the film. When Bono, as Cade Calloway, isn't passionately belting out the tunes of Bono's real-life musical catalog, Sing 2 is star-studded karaoke. When it hits its high notes, mainly the 20-minute climax that is the performance of Moon's finished show, it soars. However, at times, its journey to get to those heights is somewhat diminished. That said, Sing 2's energy, its abundance of comedy, bright colors, and recognizable musical cues will no doubt appeal to younger audiences. Sing 2 is a grab bag of familiar family film messages. Dream big, be yourself, know your worth, don't be afraid, chase your dreams. Each of these semi-messages is distributed to each major character's journey, so that's what you end up leaving the movie with, rather than one main lesson. And that way, Sing 2 loses something in being so consistently unfocused. Sing 2 gets 2.5 out of 5 stars, and I recommend it for ages 5 to 12. 
It's an ideal pick for families, especially during the holidays. Sing 2 comes out in theaters everywhere on December 21st, 2021. This is Benjamin Price, reporting for Kids First, signing off. See you next time. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Avon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival. Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune in to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First Film Critic Review, all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Avalon, from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about A Journal for Jordan, Scene 2, The Tigers Rising, Secrets of Sulphur Springs, Season 2, and Dragons the Nine Realms. Next up, we'll be reviewing The Tigers Rising with Dominic. How are you today? Good, how are you, Avalon? Good. So, this film has a very exciting plot. What is your favorite scene or moment in the film? Well... My favorite scene in this film was probably when they let the tiger go in this film. The, uh, so Rob, uh, Rob and Justine kept on arguing that they uh, not to let the tiger go or to let the tiger go because they were both nervous on the impact of it. But soon Rob came to the conclusion that the tiger should be let go. So they open the cage and let the tiger go. That's super cool. This movie has some relatable moments. Do you think people could relate to some of the things in the movie? Yeah, uh, I can see how com- uh, people people can relate because people can be completely trapped with their emotions and friendship can majorly help in overcoming trapped emotions. This sounds like a really cool movie. It, it is. Do you uh, do any of the production aspects, such as lights, sets, or costumes, go above and beyond expectations? Uh, well, the CGI in this film for the tiger were really mind blowing. The CGI just brought the tiger to life. It just uh, was amazing. That's super cool. I didn't even know that the tiger was CGI. Yeah, it's very hard to tell because it looks so realistic, but uh, I learned that a lot of, like, the life-like animals in, in movie-making are CGI. That's super cool. It is. So, this movie is about a cage tiger. Do you believe part of the purpose of the movie may be to promote animal rights? Actually, yes. Uh, in the movie, uh, there's a, uh, the uh, landlord for a motel has made a deal and got their tiger in return and is holding it captive because he thinks like uh, it's really cool and he's keeping it in this little cage and only feeding it uh, one, uh, twice a day, only 
not a lot. So I think it's trying to get, uh, and Rob's trying to, Rob and Sistine are trying to save it. So I think this is saying to, uh, captivity is very unacceptable and to help the cause of it. That's really amazing. I definitely do like to like promote and think about animal rights. So it's really cool to see a movie that's about that. Yeah, I'm really big into uh, animal uh, activism. What do you believe is the message of this film? Uh, the message of the film is about uh, friendship and trusting others. Uh, we see a variety of friendships, friendship bonds throughout the film. And a deeper message surrounds loss and grief and how it can overcome you if you don't find a way to free yourself from it. It sounds like a very inspiring movie. It very is. So how many stars would you give this and what age do you recommend it for? Uh, I give The Tiger Rising four out of five stars and recommend it for ages eight to 18. Adults, especially educators, will also love this film. So thank you, Dominic, for talking with me today. Thank you, everyone, for having me. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about A Journal for Jordan, Sing 2, The Tiger Rising, Secrets of Sulphur Springs, Season 2, and Dragons the Nine Rounds. Right now we're switching over to Dominic's interview with Madeline Mills on The Tiger Rising. Hi, everyone. I'm Dominic DeGravio reporting for Kids First. Today... I'm honored to have the opportunity to speak with Madeline Mills, who plays Sistine in the new film, The Tiger Rising. Madeline Mills is a young entertainer who started her career at the early age of seven. She's known for her roles in Jingle Jingle, A Christmas Journey, Summering, and The Tiger Rising. Welcome, Madeline. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for coming. Let's get started. I truly enjoyed The Tiger Rising. So many scenes had me sitting on the edge of my seat. Was there anyone scene that was your favorite? Ooh, I really liked the scene um, where Sistine was meeting her new class and introducing herself to the class. Um, and the kids were, you know, try basically getting a taste of her personality um, for the first time. And, you know, I thought that was really funny. So that was definitely one of my favorites. I really liked that scene as well. Thanks for sharing that with us. Your character, Sistine and Rob, have a real special relationship in the film. Have you ever worked with Christian Convery, who plays Rob previously? No, I haven't. It was actually my um, first time working with him and we had a lot of fun on set. Well, viewers would have never known this was the first time you've worked together. Your characters fit together so well. Oh, I'm so happy it you know, came across that way on the screen. <laughs> Sistine's outspoken character really entertains viewers. Are you and Sistine similar in any way? Um, <laughs> I, um, well, I, I think we're both loud. I, I mean, I would say in different ways, um, you know, Sistine, she's, um, very, in, like an angry person. Of course that, you know, stems from the hurt and pain that she has in her past. And that's kind of just her way of projecting it. But, um, I'm a very loud and, um, I have a big personality too. So I think that's definitely <laughs> one of our similarities. Well, I couldn't wait to ask this question. I absolutely love Sistine's character. On the subject of animals, Sistine seemed to be a real advocate for the caged tiger. I've read that you love cats, and I do too. Uh, do you have a connection to animal advocacy in real life? Yeah, I mean, I think it's super important that we um, advocate for our animals, you know, 
um, you know, seeing all like I'll look at the TV and see commercials for like, you know, help the elephants or the polar bears. And, you know, it definitely holds a special place in my heart because I, you know, I love all animals, especially cats. I'm so glad you like cats. <laughs> yeah, I, I, have, I have three of them. So, yeah, I love cats. They're great. I have enough. Uh, and <laughs> I, I think we need a lot more advocates out there for becoming a voice for animals because there's not a lot of people doing it right now. And yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, this film is based on a best-selling book, Tiger Rising by Kate DiCamillo. Had you read the book prior to getting involved in the film? Um, I had not read the book prior to getting involved in the film, but once I got the role, I was like, okay, I definitely need to read this book. And it was yeah. really great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, did that influence your decision to work on the film's version? It's, um, well, I read the script, of course. So I like kind of had like a taste of what the book was going to be like because I felt like the book really rang true um, or the movie really rang true to the book um, and so yeah that was definitely you know I really loved the plot and the story and that's you know why I got involved in the project. I enjoyed the film so much that I'm definitely going to be reading the book. Oh great I'm so happy to hear that yeah I mean I'm, I'm a huge reader anyways so I love books I love to read and you know I think reading is definitely so important and um, mm -hmm. yeah hopefully you enjoy the book. I'm a big reader too. Great. The storyline is filled with such raw emotion. How did you take on some of the more challenging scenes? Yeah I definitely had to prepare. Um, uh, for me when I have really heavy like emotional scenes I just have to really like get into the character or think about something that makes me really sad um, or something, you know, that I've been through that, you know, I just have to like bring out that emotion somehow so that it, you know, comes across um, on the screen. Yeah. It's, uh, as an actor myself, I know that uh, getting out some emotion on uh, camera is pretty hard sometimes. Uh, it, yeah. Yes, especially tears. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for sharing that. There is such a great cast in this film. Can you tell us what it was like working with your other cast members on or off set? Yeah, um, well, Christian, of course, he was um, great to work with, a lot of fun. Um, we connected, you know, we were the same age. Um, and so it was a lot of fun to work with him. We played like Nintendo Switch and um, I believe I had my hoverboard with me at the time. So we wrote on that together um, and uh, getting to meet and be in the presence of Miss Queen Latifah was amazing. Um, of course, I've, I've been, well, I am too young to um, see uh, a lot of her work, but uh, of course, I know um, some of her music. And actually, while we were uh, shooting The Tiger Rising, um, that's when uh, the premiere, well, that's when The Little Mermaid, the live action version, where Miss Queen Latifah was um, Ursula, I got to see that. And so I saw her in that and I really enjoyed that. So it was great, you know, getting to work with her. And Mr. Dennis Quaid was great and just a perfect beachum. Um, for the movie. Um, so yeah, it was really great, you know, getting to know and working with the cast. Uh, the cast in this film certainly gave it a lot of meaning. What message do you hope audiences will take away from watching The Tiger Rising? Um, you know, there are a lot of messages that, you know, may resonate with people. You know, I <laughs> don't know, um, you know, what people will take away from the movie, but um, what I learned when I, um, you know, read the book and also, you know, was a part of the movie was um, just 
how important it is to um, deal with your emotions in a healthy way because, you know, I feel like so many are really all of the characters, you know, they have some sort of internal or external conflict um, and you really see how each of them, you know, responds to that and reacts to that um, and, you know, acts out in Sistine's case, you know, through bullying or in Rob's case, you know, really like shuts down and, you know, keeps all this sadness inside of him. And so, um, you know, that's really what resonated with me was just how important it is to express your feelings in a way that doesn't, you know, hurt others and, um, you know, learn how to deal with them. I cannot agree more. Thank you, Madeline Mills, for taking talking with us today. The Tiger Rising releases in theaters January 21st, 2022, and begins streaming on Apple TV February 8th, 2022. This film is sure to tug at your heartstrings, keep you in suspense, and allow you to have such an appreciation for friendships. This is Dominic DeGravi reporting for Kids First. Catch you next time. Let's take a break. I'm Avalon from Iowa, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by the University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival. Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune into Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First Film Critic Review, all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about A Journal for Jordan, Sing 2, The Tiger Rising, Secrets of Sulphur Springs, Season 2, and Dragons, The Nine Realms. Next up, we'll be listening to Carly's interview with Tracy Thompson and Charles Pratt Jr. on Secrets of Sulphur Springs, Season 2. Hi, I'm Carly Spagnuolo reporting for Kids First. Today, I will be speaking with creator, writer, and executive producer, Tracy Thompson, and Charles Pratt Jr., the director and executive producer for the Disney Channel series, Secrets of Sulphur Springs. Tracy Thompson is known for General Hospital, All My Children, and The Young and the Restless. Charles Pratt Jr. is known for Santa Barbara, General Hospital, and Star. Thank you so much for speaking with me today about the highly anticipated season two of Secrets of Sulphur Springs. So nice to meet both of you. Nice to meet you. I'm excited for season two. Good. (laughs) Glad to hear it. So Miss Thompson, what was your inspiration for developing the storyline to include multiple supernatural occurrences such as time travel and hauntings? Well, I think we wanted to do a mix of something to keep kids interested. Uh, When I was a kid, I loved watching Goonies. That was my favorite movie. And so they were mystery adventure along with uh, a little spookiness, I think is fun. And what we wanted to do was do a show that, um, that could take kids to different places, sort of wish fulfillment, but not, uh, not be too preachy. So we go to different time periods, you learn a little, 
but um, most importantly, you're following the characters and seeing how it affects them. Yeah, I think it's a great idea since a lot of younger kids love the paranormal and supernatural things. Definitely. Mr. Pratt, what are the challenges of creating the settings and the costumes that are true to the time period in the show? Well, it, it's amazing how difficult it is. And uh, it really is a coordinated village effort to make it all work. From a production design standpoint, the sets and things, um, you know, we had to change them over from different time periods. Uh, we used a little CGI, but uh, most, of, most of the time it was, you know, uh, backbreaking work by a fantastic, con you know, construction crew. Uh, and then, you know, then you have scheduling and children's hours, which are, you know, if you know or not, but um, they only, you know, can work eight hours. So, uh, and then they have schooling, which cuts into that as well. So, so there were, there were a lot of things, but they were really fun. You know, it was really yeah. fun to go find model T Fords and, 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 and find, you know, costumes are, they made a lot of the 1930s stuff because you just can't find it. Uh, and, and t-shirts from the 19, you know, sixties, uh, uh, it's hard Hard to find vintage t-shirts so the, so they made them and uh uh out of sometimes out of they did one outfit for for l for savannah where they'd taken a tablecloth and turned it into a top you know oh, wow. a vintage tablecloth and they said it's the only place we can find this kind of pattern you know and it's from an old tablecloth okay whatever but they uh you know and, and we it was fun for us because uh we were in constant contact with them and making choices and and watching them work and it was it was really really exciting it sounds really fun and i enjoyed all the little details and the costumes and the settings miss thompson in season two viewers will learn more about the families in the past and the present how do you feel their relationships situations and struggles add to the show and make it interesting to people of all ages good question um, season one, we learn a lot about the Campbells and what they're going through and how the parents are financially struggling and how that affects their kids. And I think we always knew in season two that we wanted to find out more about the Dunn family and uh, learn how Harper's mom and Harper's dad were connected to the hotel, how Harper herself, why she's always been drawn to it. So I think this mystery this season, what they learn in the past and how they bring it into the present to sort of solve problems within their own families without giving too much away. Uh, I think this season makes the, the two families tied together in ways that they haven't been before. Yes, I enjoyed watching them all uncover the different secrets and how they're kind of related. Mm -hmm. Mr. Pratt. Special effects play an important role in many scenes this season. Can you tell us what it's like to incorporate these effects into the show from a production standpoint? Oh, good question. Um, it's first of all, it's very expensive. <laughs> uh, so, so you you have to pick your spots. Um, but uh, 
the very talented uh, group, uh, several groups uh, did our did our special effects and and you know changing the hotel was easy, but then you know we took out whole buildings and barns and put fields in in 1930, and uh, you know it's it's so much of it is in the background and subtle, and our our whole goal right from the beginning was we want it to be real. We don't want anybody to question anything about those little details that you mentioned. It, it, it's, it's essential uh, that they not notice it, that you're, that you're pulling tricks with CGI and stuff. And when, when we, you know, develop the ghost and the ghostly happenings, you know, now you're, now you're in the, uh, you know, the world of fantasy and uh, you know, before it was all very subtle and now it's not so subtle. Um, you know, again, we had to make it seem like it was in within the realm of possibility. Yes, the CGI did look very real. Thank yeah. you so much for speaking with me today. Thank, Thank you. For watching, yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Carly with Kids First. Thanks so much to Tracy Thompson and Charles Pratt Jr. for speaking with me today about Secrets of Sulphur Springs Season 2. It premieres on the Disney Channel Friday, January 14th at 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time with two back-to-back -back episodes. The season will premiere on Disney Plus on Wednesday, January 19th and will be available in its entirety. I'm Carly with Kids First. Bye! You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about A Journal for Jordan, Sing 2, The Tiger Arising, Secrets of Sulphur Springs Season 2, and Dragons the Nine Realms. Right now, we're switching over to Carly's interview with Preston Oliver and Ellie Graham on Secrets of Sulphur Springs Season 2. Hi, I'm Carly Spagnuolo reporting for Kids First, and today I will be speaking with actors Preston Oliver and Elle Graham about Secrets of Sulphur Springs Season 2. Preston Oliver, who plays Griffin Campbell, is known for Chicago Fire and This Is Us. Oh, Graham, who plays Savannah Dillon, is known for Stranger Things, The Walking Dead, and Swamp Thing. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's nice to see you both. Me hey, too. you too. So Preston, season one was very entertaining. What were you most excited about when you returned to set to play Griffin in season two? You know, when I first read the uh, the couple scripts that we got, I was really excited to see all the scary stuff that they added in. There's a lot more creepy things, and I'm really excited to see that on the screen because I haven't even seen it yet. Yeah. Um, but throughout the season, I mean, everything's super cool. We got three different timelines going on. You know, the current, the 60s, and the 30s. Uh, all of it's just awesome, and I'm, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> Yeah, I bet it was really fun learning about how Griffin's adventure continues, especially with the three different timelines. Mm -hmm. L, your character, Savannah, has more responsibilities this season. Can you tell us about how the responsibilities she has and how she's evolving because of them? Well, Savannah, this season, she, well, now she is a camp counselor in 1960, so she gets to, so that's like a new layer of responsibility, and also she still wants to be part of the mission and the mystery, but she doesn't want her parents to find out that she's going through a portal, yes. so that's a responsibility to keep that away, and she meets a new face, and she uses his resources and what he knows 
to give Griffin and Harper some information on stuff that can help them on, on their own mystery. Yes, with these responsibilities that she has now this season, I feel like her character is really growing and she's learning to be more responsible. Yeah, I mean, I think in the first season she was really silly and she messed around yeah. and she kind of didn't, didn't really care. And at the same time, she did care what everybody thought of her. Um, in this yeah. season, she has a lot more responsibility. And she, I think part of that is um, now that she has a family, she's more comfortable and she's more yeah. happy. And she doesn't need to be so carefree anymore since she is with a family who loves her. Yes, I definitely think having a family is definitely helping her with that. Mm-hmm. Preston, this season, Griffin and Harper continue to build their friendship and they have a great connection working together to solve mysteries of the Tremont Hotel. Can you tell us how you and Kylie Curran prepare for the scenes you have together? So, preparing-wise, um, yes. we don't go over too much. Uh, we kind of just read the, read the, chair, or the scene, really. Uh, make sure we're both memorized, obviously. And, I mean, throughout the scene, we kind of just rattle off each other. We don't really practice beforehand, so it's fun. I mean, we both have good chemistry, so... You know, if she improvs or I improv or something, we could bounce back. It's oh, fun. yeah. Improv would be really fun to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, L, were there any changes or surprises on the set this season you can share with us without any spoilers? Well, of course, there's the 1930 sets now. So those were new and those were really fun to film in. And then there's some different buildings that we got to go in. I can't say, but... Those were really fun to film in. And um, this season, instead of just being in the bunker, I got to go in the tunnel, which hypothetically, I've always gone through the tunnel in the show. But this is the first time that I got to actually be in the tunnel to get filmed. So that was really fun. That does seem really fun. So Preston, Griffin continues to travel in time this season. Which time period is your favorite to film in and why? So, you know, I don't, I don't think I have a favorite time period specifically. I mean, I like the current times because we're like working on the Tremont and there's like the paranormal and stuff there. But then when we go back to the 30s, you know, we're learning about Harper's past and the the scenes and everything, the set. It's awesome because they change it all in like one night. Like one day you'll be there, it'll be broken down. We're still trying to fix it. And then we show up the next day and it's rebuilt into a farmhouse, kind of, with chickens wow. and stuff running around. So I don't know how they do that so fast, but I love I love seeing both timelines. Yeah, it must be really cool coming back to set and seeing it all, like, changed around into something mm-hmm. totally new. Yeah, I love the cars, seeing the, seeing the old cars. Yeah, that's fun. Anyway, thanks for talking with me. Of course, yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Carly with Kids First. Thanks so much to Preston Oliver and Elle Graham for speaking with me today about Secrets of Sulphur Springs Season 2. It premieres on the Disney Channel on Friday, January 14th at 8pm Eastern and Pacific Time, with two back-to-back episodes. The season will premiere on Disney Plus on Wednesday, January 19th, and will be available in its entirety. I'm Carly with Kids First. Bye! Let's take a break. I'm Avalon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival. 
Looking for entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune into Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First Film Critic Review, all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters, ages 8 to 21, bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Avon from Iowa, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about A Journal for Jordan, Sing 2, The Tiger Rising, Secrets of Sulphur Springs, Season 2, and Dragons, The Nine Realms. Next up, we'll be listening to Carly's interview with Kylie Curran and Ethan Hutchinson on Secrets of Sulphur Springs, Season 2. Hi, I'm Carly reporting for Kids First. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with actors Kylie Curran and Ethan Hutchison about Secrets of Sulphur Springs Season 2. Kylie Curran, who plays Harper, is known for Dr. Sleep and I Can, I Will, I Did. Ethan Hutchison, who plays Sam, is known for Queen Sugar and The Path. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. So, Kylie, Season 1 ended with an exciting cliffhanger. It leads you to having dual roles in Season 2. What challenges were there playing both characters? I think for me, it was a lot of fun because I love a good challenge. Um, and especially when it comes to playing two characters from completely different eras, especially with Daisy. Um, I had a lot of fun bringing um, a child from the 30s onto the screen and kind of playing how she would be with her mannerisms growing up in the 30s in Louisiana and then showing the differences in their ideals, morals, and just intro extroversion, you know, the whole nine. Yeah. Sounds really fun getting to play two separate characters with different personalities. Yeah, oh, for sure. It was a lot of fun. I mean, Harper and Daisy do connect through their artistic ability and the loss of a parent. But there's also, it's also the differences that bring them together. They support each other in their shortcomings and in their strengths. And I think that gives, brings a really important message to the show. Yes, definitely. Ethan. Your character, Sam, joined the cast this season. Can you tell us a little about him and what you enjoy most about playing him? I mean, Sam is a sweet, loving kid. He's Daisy's brother, who was played by Kylie. And um, he he grows up in the 1930s, and that was definitely a, a different experience playing somebody who looks the way that I do in that era in time. And um, th- I, that was a different experience of acting. It does seem like a very nice experience to have and to play like that character, Sam. He seems like a really exciting character to play. He is, definitely. Kylie, Harper is always unlocking secrets about her family's past. (laughs) (laughs) How do you think that adds interest to the show and her character? I think the whole basis of the show is the mystery of the Tremont and how many mysteries there are in the town. I mean, there's a lot of history and secrets when it comes to Secrets of Sulphur Springs. Oh, hence the name. There we go. Um, (laughs) But um, Harper is like a mini detective in her own way. Um, I mean, her past is 
really shrouded by lies and just a bunch of darkness when it comes to the Tremont and being able to time travel for her is really important because it fills in the gaps of her family tree and of her father's past and of the Tremont's past in general and that in turn helps mm -hmm. Griffin. Yeah, I like how each time she uncovers a secret, I think that it makes her character stronger. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Harper, she grows from, I think, for her, when something difficult comes her way, she grows from kind of the rebound of it. Like, if something hurts her from that, she just learns from her mistakes. She's like, hmm, well, I probably shouldn't have done that that way. We're going to try again. So she never gives up. That's really fun. I love her. Yeah, she really does never give up. She always goes right back on her feet. She's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Ethan, can you describe the sibling relationship that Sam has with his sister, Daisy, and tell us if you have a sibling relationship that helped you develop this one? Me, I, I do have a little sister, my sister Ava. So, I mean, that definitely helped take the new emotion from that and bring it into the relationship with me and Kylie. I mean, we get along so well. And when you have great chemistry, it really, uh, really can change and affect how your performance plays out. Yes, already having like a sister is good experience for playing one, for playing with one. So, Kylie... Your character has scenes with special effects. What is it like to film those scenes? A lot of it can be a little bit stressful, especially with um, oh, especially with certain scenes in the future. <laughs> certain scenes in the future of the show. Um, <laughs> um, Don't say anything. <laughs> not myself that time. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of cutting and just stopping and then going and stopping and going. And um, it's kind of difficult to keep myself in Harper when we're constantly cutting and we're constantly pausing and resetting. So it can be a little bit stressful, but I think it's good experience for the future. So I always try to think about that instead of how tired I am in the moment. Yes. I bet it's really cool to see how it turns out in the end, though, when you see the final cut. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. It's always worth it because we don't we don't see it and we don't know what's going on until like, maybe ADR and maybe not even then, not till like we finish the entire show. So seeing it all put together really pays off for all the hard work. Yeah, sounds like it. Well, thank you guys for speaking with me. Thank, thank you. you. It's good to see you again. Hi, I'm Carly with Kids First. Thanks so much to Kylie Curran and Ethan Hutchison for speaking with me today about Secrets of Sulphur Springs Season 2. It premieres on the Disney Channel on Friday, January 14th, 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time, with two back-to-back -back episodes. The season will premiere on Disney Plus on Wednesday, January 19th, and will be available in its entirety. I'm Carly with Kids First. Bye! You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about A Journal for Jordan, Season 2, The Tiger Rising, Secrets of Sulphur Springs, Season 2, and Dragons. The nine realms and right now we're switching over to Tiana's interview with John Telgan and Marcus Schreiber on Dragons the Nine Realms. Hello everyone I'm Tiana Sturmers reporting for Kids First and today I'm speaking with John Telgan who's the executive producer of the upcoming series Dragons the Nine Realms and I also have Marcus Grimner the voice of D'Angelo in the series who is known for his roles in Blackish and She-Ra Princess of Power. Hey Tiana. Hi. Hey. So, my question is for Mr. Telegan. So the name of this animated series is Dragons in, in the Nine Realms. Can you share a little bit about how the title relates to the series? 
Tiana, you've asked. Yeah, she started with a great question too. <laughs> no, it's it's an incredible question. Um, uh, I'm under strict non-spoiler guidelines. Yeah. Um, just, but I will say that, geez, I will say that it is related to um, all of the exploration that our that our heroes um, engage in and and venture on. So. Keep your keep your eyes open as as the uh, as the the title starts to make uh, more sense. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> great question. I just I yeah, can't. great question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to answer. So I'm pretty sure you guys can answer this one this time. <laughs> All right. So my question is for Marcus. So what about your character D'Angelo makes him stand out from the other kids, but fit in at the same time? Um, I think what makes him stand out is a lot of the other kids are more uh, gung-ho about um, ex exploring the um, environment and, and figuring out what's going on with the dragon universe. And um, D'Angelo's, he's a little bit more trepidatious. He's like, I don't know about all this. I don't know um, if it's safe to do, if it's safe to explore, but obviously um, he has a really big heart and he wants to help and he wants to make sure that um, the dragons are well taken care of so he's like of course i'm you know i'm gonna be a part of this um but what what connects him with the other kids i think they all find a sense of belonging in the group that they create the dragon club um and uh d'angelo really finds a, a new family and people that he can connect to that he's never had in his entire life so um they all have a love uh for the dragons um and i think that's what keeps them connected and grounded um and they also bond with each other, so. So I like to ask this question actually to both of you, but starting with you, Mr. Talligan. So this series is based on the How to Train Your Dragon films. So how will a new generation of kids resonate with this series? Well, hopefully, uh, Tiana, the new generation will come in and fall in love with Tom and Thunder and D'Angelo and, and Plowhorn and the whole group. Um, I think I've always loved to tell ensemble action adventure shows you know i grew up in the 1980s you know i went to see goonies when i was 12 and the characters were 12 and imagine you know that basically set me on a course for what i was going to do for the rest of my life which was look to tell fun ensemble kid action adventure stories so i just want the, the new generation or the old generation or anyone that comes in to watch the show to feel like this is a lot of fun. This is great. This is exciting. And when it's over, I want to go out back and play. Like, that's what I want the kids. I want the kids to watch the show and then go out into the world and adventure. And what about you, Marcus? I completely agree with John. I feel like for me, one of the things that always inspired me was seeing people on television and in animation and even in live action characters that I could relate to or I thought were super cool. Um, and then afterwards, me and my sister would argue about who got to be so-and-so. Um, so I hope that this show does that for those kids. Um, and that also um, it can bring people together and they really see the, the, the notes of, of friendship and family and the importance of family and protecting um, nature and standing up for what you believe in. Um, I hope that they take away from all these things, but at the simplest like heart of the story, I hope that... Um, yeah, they can just have a good time and relate to the characters and see people who look like them. Yeah, I would have to agree. I got all that uh, out of screening it. So thank you. 
Great. Thank you, Tiana. So I'm going to end with a both question. So all the characters from the movies and this, this series kind of picked their dragons because they had something that they could relate um, with them or something that they had in common with the dragons or they got their names from the powers that the dragons had. So if you could create a dragon that you could re relate to, what would you name it and what do you think their powers would be? And I want to start with you, Marcus. Wow. Put me in the hot seat. All right. <laughs> All righty. Um, wow. I think, okay. All right. I just got a cool one. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'd need my dragon uh, um, time winder and it would be able to control time and like rip us through like different dimensions and stuff. So, yeah. That's cool. What Thanks. about you, Mr. Telligan? <laughs> well, um, my son really wants me to have a dragon that has ice powers. So I think that I would take an ice power dragon and then I would name him ice cube. So then I could always be like, no, not that one. This. Ice cube. <laughs> That's, That's the best. Thank you. Thanks, Tiana. Thank you both so much for speaking with me today about this series. I cannot wait for kids to be able to watch it and enjoy it. You can find Dragons the Nine Realms streaming on Hulu and Peacock December 23rd, 2021. Again, I'm Tia Sermons. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. The show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media from Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival. I'm Avalon from Iowa Reporting for Kids First. Goodbye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.